0: I'm gonna hunt you down. I know people highly invested in my survival, and they are people who really
1: know how to hurt in ways you can't even imagine.
0: Well, first I know all the guys that you'd hire to come after me. They like me better than you.
2: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new season of the Rotten Potato Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies that you absolutely should have seen. And I am here with three of my best friends getting ready to talk about a movie that you absolutely should have seen. I'm Tyler, I'm Jake. I'm Scott. Scott leaned into the <laughs> Scott leaned in the mic like he was gonna say his name.
1: But then I saw him hesitate and I knew that if I didn't act, then
0: I was just gonna stay
1: silent. Yeah. See how long
0: we can make the pause be. Yeah. That sounds great. Uh that's a great way to, to kick off season four. I'm really trying to engage the audience in season four. Mm-hmm. I'm going for like what do talking. the people
2: want? Silence. Silence. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that four seasons later you're starting to finally make an effort into what people want <laughs> yeah yeah that's i think engaging, they're gonna be excited about my picks this engaging season. with your audience uh-huh i think that we should release
1: a recording of us sitting at the microphone silently uh as a bonus episode this year because that's yeah. what people want for 40 minutes yeah but we have to be sitting there
3: yeah yeah do we get to like be on our phones or something like that no like, you <laughs> okay. randomly
1: hear like a tick on the phone or something <laughs> eye contact the whole or like time. a giggle
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's a ASMR pretty good iphone right there. thank you <laughs> <laughs> pretty good iphone keyboard yeah well wait what movie are we doing well we are going to be doing oceans the oceans trilogy we're going to be talking about the trilogy a little bit but mainly oceans 13 which um, one but i i don't want to jump the gun i want to hear how you guys have been doing it's been a while since we've potted together i guess it has been. <laughs> it's, <laughs>
1: objectively, been objectively, it's been a while. It, it, it hasn't been long enough for Scott. <laughs> I, I would
3: I would like to throw myself under the bus a little bit and say that uh, apparently not much has changed because the last episode of last season and this episode, uh, I was, you know, more than half an hour late to the recording. So <laughs> <Yes>.
1: <laughs> it's, it's this conversation we have to have where we're all sitting there and it's like, do you think Tyler's left his house yet?
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny. Zach showed up to my house and then he had to use the restroom and then Jake showed up and Jake goes, am I the first one here? I said, no, Zach's in the restroom, but you know, 50, 50 on if Tyler's even awake yet. Yeah. (laughs) And then Zach looked
2: at your uh, location. Yeah. And he was like, he's still at home. (laughs) I like uh, the idea of that being an ongoing segment. Like how late was Tyler today?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. We could do that. You know, I I have a feeling like, it's going to be the same amount for several episodes in a row. You no, know, cause he's going to be on time for the second episode.
0: <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Dare I say early? I think, you know, yeah, you were like, An hour early.
3: As long as the rest of you guys go to the bathroom in between episodes (laughs) or like grab water, I'm going to stay right here. So I'm on time.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Will you send us a calendar invite for each episode recording instead of of a block of time? Yeah. (laughs) When Zach showed up at the house today, uh, he was like, dude, are you excited to start potting again? And I was like, I'm trying to get there.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And then you were like, I
0: think I'm going to make myself a whiskey sour to wake myself up. And it was about 815 in
3: the morning. Yeah. Yeah. That, that might be uh, one of the more upsetting <laughs> uh, sentences I've ever
1: heard. The, the, the thing is, I didn't make one. I wanted to. Sure. It sounded good. Yeah. But. I, I walked in and Scott was squeezing a bunch of citrus. <laughs> yeah.
2: I was prepping it for later. I was obviously. like, you're yeah. not joking. Yeah, no, I was prepping it. I'm going to make one today for sure. Yeah. Well, you might not be, Scott, but I'm excited to pod with you guys again. I am excited for this season. Um, I may even go out on a limb to say that we are more rotten than even prior. I mean, yeah. A four year old potato was more rotten than a three year old <laughs> potato. For yeah. sure. Like, mm-hmm. I never thought about that
3: premise before, but I like that we are getting <laughs> more and more the, rotten. The potato is, is continuing
1: to rot. Yeah. We won't buy another one. <laughs> what potatoes were we again? Uh,
2: I think I was, all I know penguins. is I was fingerling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a fan. <laughs> I, think I, was a I like fingerlings. Gold. I don't like being a fingerling. I think I was a russet. Yeah,
3: you were a russet, I feel like. And I think I blanked and just said Idaho.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I also I I panicked. I've moved in the interim, and I don't really know if that potato is still there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Wait, you should have
0: get it? I thought you were going to ship it out to one of our biggest fans.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, one of our biggest fans is in town and didn't take it. So... Oh, so they didn't really want it.
0: Yeah. Who was that? Dan.
1: Is he one of our biggest fans?
0: That's a good question.
3: Yeah, I don't think I don't think he is anymore. I, I think, think the only way he's going to hear this is that his daughter tells him about it.
0: Let's put you know. a test in it, uh, Dan. If you are listening to this episode, text us. And Claire, don't, <laughs> don't tell, tell your, your dad. dad.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we just guaranteed Claire is going to tell him. <laughs> <laughs> But I I wanted to say, uh, not to, not to trash on Scott too much about his excitedness for the podcast, but Zach did text us the other day and say, I'm really excited to like record again. And then Scott was the only one that did not respond.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Doesn't care. I mean, you did, you did Jake respond with, I will make you regret that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What's worse. (laughs) Sorry. But then I said, just kidding. Uh, I'm excited too. Oh, okay. I missed that part. Yeah. Yeah, Apathy or active opposition. It's I'd warps.
3: rather I'd rather have active opposition. Oh, okay. At least yeah. it's engagement. <laughs> <laughs> At least I acknowledged
0: him. You know what? This season I'm just going for what the people want, you know? And the people want your apathy. They want my apathy. They want fast and furious movies. Mm. Oh, have we
1: announced that that's what we're you're doing this nope. year? Nope.
0: No. But okay. now I'm announcing it. Yeah, yeah, now
1: now the tots know. Well, fast fast X or fast ten is coming out in May. So we're gonna do Fast and the Furious movies from February to November. <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. In celebration of the tenth movie. Like yeah. this whole year is is you know how we had Vince Year, Vince Vaughn year? Yeah. This yeah. is Fast and Furious year. Oh, so this isn't this
1: is is Vin year. <laughs> this,
2: yeah. is Fast and Furious. this is the year of Vin.
0: It's the year of Vin Vaughn.
2: Okay. <laughs> I, if, Vin it's Vin not,
1: bon? if it's not if it's not year, then I'm gonna have to change some things.
2: Explain Vin Vaughn.
0: Well, it's Vince Vaughn, but it's about Vin Diesel, and so I m- mixed them together. I think you
2: still need to explain that. That <laughs> made zero sense to me. Dude, you don't know Vin Vaughn? I don't know Vin Vaughn. <laughs> Vin Vaughn? That's just Vince Vaughn's nickname. He's so, been, so it's still the year of Vince? <laughs> <Is> <laughs> yeah. Vinny Vinny Vici, dude. Vin- Are we on year two of Vince? <laughs> Vinny Vinny
0: Vici.
3: Oh my gosh. Well, Zach, I, 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 I am... I think Scott chugged a whiskey sour <laughs>
1: <laughs> when he was downstairs they said i'm gonna go get more coffee, quote, there, <laughs> <quote>. <laughs> coffee. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh zach i'm actually
3: really excited that you picked this movie because to me the oceans trilogy is one of those movies uh where I, it really is like how have you not seen these yet
2: yeah, I agree. Um, especially Ocean's Eleven. And this was just the closest way I could get to talking about Ocean's Eleven on the podcast because we've all seen Eleven and we've all seen Twelve too, but we have not all seen what well, we have now, but we had not all seen Thirteen. That's true. So it's my episode. So we're going to talk about all three movies. <laughs> Whether <laughs> you works. like it or not. Yeah.
0: So wow. you're going to have to guide the conversation then.
2: I can guide the conversation.
0: Like you're going to have to like put an effort this time. I always put in effort.
2: Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I never got that from you. Yeah, yeah well, that is news to me as well.
2: <laughs> Damn! Breaking news.
1: Well said. Turns out Zach had been trying the whole time. I was so...
2: <laughs> so go ahead and get us started. Maybe, maybe I should be. Maybe the audience should demand the apathy from me because apparently I'm good at it. Yeah, not apparently. You, yeah, You have a lot of effort put into your apathy, apparently, oh. because you're trying really hard. <laughs> <But> you, <laughs> I you, didn't think I was. Yeah. I thought I was trying really hard to not be apathetic. I feel like that... Ever since I got called out in season two, I've been trying <laughs> really hard. I feel
3: like that describes pretty well uh, your like life in high school. Yeah. Trying really hard to be apathetic. That is true. <laughs> That's very true. Well, why, like, why did you choose these movies? Uh, you know, we're obviously, you know, for the purposes of this podcast, we're reviewing oceans 13, but we're going to be talking about all
2: three of them. Why, why this trilogy? Um, because these are truly some of my favorite movies, um, of all time. I think oceans 11 might be like a top five movie for me. Mm. um, but uh, they're just so fun. I, I love watching these movies. I think they're like incredibly rewatchable. Um, and I won't lie that part of the reason was because I knew that Jake thought Ocean's 12 was trash. And I kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit mm. on pod. I'm not the only person that thinks that. I, I Yeah, you yeah. are right. I think I'm in the minority for thinking that it's not trash. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I... I just love these movies and I'm excited to kind of talk about like what makes them so good slash maybe not as good as I think they are. Um, But I, I don't know. I don't know how much we're going to have to talk about oceans 11 necessarily because I feel like we all just, I'm assuming we all just kind of love that movie. Do you guys have any like hot takes about oceans 11 or like any praise that you want to sing about that movie? I I'll say.
1: So when, when Zach picked oceans 13, he was like, if you have time, watch oceans 12 again. Cause I want to talk about why you don't like it. And then I was like, well, if we're doing this, then I should watch the good one. Right. So then I sit down, I've been learning how to play banjo. Um, and I sit down I'm like, okay, I'm going to practice my banjo and I'm going to watch oceans, thir- oceans 11. And I completely forgot to practice my banjo. Like I was just so into the movie. I hadn't seen it in a while, but I've seen it a lot of times and it's just, it's so fun. It's so engaging and I love it. Uh, so that that's, that's my praise is it, it distracted me from my banjo. That's high praise. That
3: is yeah. pretty high praise.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I would say ocean's loving is close to a perfect movie for me. Yeah. Like I think it's super rewatchable, super fun. I think, um, uh, Brad Pitt and George Clooney are just amazing. They have a lot of good chemistry together. They're funny. Um, I think it has everything that I want in a movie. And I think even the side characters are super hilarious and, and fun.
2: So I, I really like it too. Yeah, I would agree with you that for me it is kind of like a close to a perfect movie. Uh, there's something about it. Even as a fan of all three of them, there is something about Ocean's Eleven that kind of feels like lightning in a bottle that they were just able to capture where even the the following two movies, as much as I enjoy them, they don't really even come close to what Eleven was able to achieve. And I almost feel like it's I have a hard time describing why or even like putting my finger on what it is. But like, I feel like there really is just a feel about these movies. I feel them in all three, but like more in, in the first one than anything. There's just like a, a a feeling or kind of, for lack of a better word, like a vibe that this movie just has that is so appealing to me that I just, I, I want to watch it time and time again. Um, it's almost kind of like, this hit of serotonin every time you watch this movie. Like, it just makes me so happy every mm-hmm. time I watch it.
0: This may make me sound like a um a bad boyfriend, but we actually watched Ocean's Eleven for mine and Carla's first date. That doesn't sound like a bad boyfriend. I don't know if that's, like, your typical, like, first date. A movie? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially... Not Oceans like, Ocean, since like Ocean's Eleven. You guys started dating in 2020. It was COVID, yeah. When so the world was shut down. It was, so, like, 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 the week after the world shut down.
0: Yeah. And so it was like, well... Do you want to go to your house or do you want to go to my house?
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, and like dinner in a movie is like the quintessential first date. Okay. Well, maybe the food then
0: chili wasn't
3: no,
2: the, I the mean, best that's, first date. I feel I like, like that's a, it's you, a
3: COVID
0: first
2: date. It's you a COVID. made it, right? Yeah. 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 You that's, made the chili? I did. I did. That yeah. sounds like a cozy, fun first date. I'd be super into that. Also, it worked. You're married now. That's true. Yeah. That's true. She fell for it. What does she think of Ocean's Eleven? She loves the Ocean's movies. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. She's a big fan. Even
0: 12? Although I don't know if she's seen 12. Oh, okay. She actually, the whole time during 13, was like, I don't think I've seen this one. Mm. And so, but she was enjoying it the whole time.
3: I I will say, I don't think it makes you a bad boyfriend, but I think it makes me a bad friend slash roommate that uh, I have no recollection, apparently, of
0: you going on a first date with Carla. Yeah, it was when she came. It was like uh, March 2020. Yeah, I, I... Really, I thought your first
3: date was on a hike or something like that.
0: No, so uh, our first date, so it was weird because, like, I knew her parents, she knew my parents, but, like, I still wanted to, like, ask her dad, like, can I, like, go out with your daughter and that kind of stuff, so uh, go to her house and talk to her parents for, like, an hour and then take her back to our house, and we, like, made food and, and watched a movie. You were there. You watched part of the movie with us.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you were on the date.
0: Apparently, yeah. No impact.
1: (laughs) The chili did not work on Tyler.
0: Did not register for me at all. Yeah. Met her parents like officially, I guess, on date one. And then she actually went and talked to my parents on the second date, which was funny. To be fair, Jake, uh,
3: part of that is because Scott made chili
0: so frequently. That's true. Scott (laughs) did make a lot of chili while you guys were living I'm a big fan of chili. It was funny. Like uh, a month ago, Carla was like, have you given up anything like for our relationship? Because we were talking about some things that she felt like she gave up. And I was like, I make significantly less chili now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> does that,
0: that's a big sacrifice for you, honestly. Yeah, does that bum you out? Uh, no. I mean, I like chili, but it's like cheap and easy.
2: Yeah. And so that's why it was like my bachelor food almost. One of my go-to meals recently has been crockpot chili. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that how you make your chili? How do you usually make it? I normally do it just in a,
0: a big pot. Yeah. Uh, I've never done it in the crock pot. Big pot chili. Big <laughs> big <laughs> well, it is right. Well, like you yeah. would always oh, get God. out like that. And now I have like a 24 quart. Uh, mm. big Stock pot pot. I could do. Dude, yeah. you could
1: make some chili in that. Thing. We did
0: for Halloween this year. We made it like half full. We made like 12 quarts of chili. Nice. Hell yeah, brother. Not only would he make a huge pot of chili, Zach, he would
3: eat it for every meal until, until it was gone. gone.
0: I would have it breakfast, lunch, Oof. and dinner. Oh, oh.
3: Like, There were times where I would like go back for leftovers the next day, and this enormous quantity of chili was gone.
2: Hmm. I don't.
0: I don't like that. I don't think I ate it all the time. It's a good cold.
2: Ew! Oh, no, that's not. Actually,
0: Scott is blowing me out. Let's move
3: on.
2: <laughs> it is not good cold. Scott.
3: I will say I discovered something since you and I moved out uh-huh. that you need to know about.
0: Okay. Cold chili. In a tortilla. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd try that. Chili burrito. Way ahead of you. Cold chili I'm burrito. I'm pretty sure I've
3: done that.
2: Fantastic. Yeah. Scott has it's some a hot
0: like, you can't do hot chili in a tortilla. No, no, if, no. Then it's runny, yeah, but yeah. if it,
2: it thickens up when it's yeah. cold. Yeah. That that's some like rusty from Oceans vibes yeah. coming from Scott, except it's only chili. <laughs> You're just always eating chili. Uh-huh. Yeah, what
3: was the deal with that? Did he actually cause the rumor is that he put in his
2: contract a certain amount of times that he had yeah. to be shown eating? I had heard somewhere, I don't remember, like a long time ago, that it's because it helps like showcase his jawline. Wow. There could be some truth to that. But what I read when researching this movie a little bit was that, like, on prior shoots for other movies, I believe there would be days where he would work so much and so long that, like, he never got a chance to eat. So in this movie, he's like, I'm going to be eating in every scene, so I'm not. Starving.
1: Yeah. I heard oh. I heard he's one of the few actors that is actually eating in an eating scene. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because when he's eating the shrimp cocktail, I think he ate over 40 shrimp or something like that in that scene. Nice. So he's just going rogue for like, like deal with it. Yeah. Steven Soderbergh. If
1: like, you're yeah, Brad Pitt, I'm, I'm hungry. you can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, where are you going to find another man this handsome to be in your movie? That's true. Yeah. You just let Brad do what he wants to do. Who do you yeah.
0: think more handsome? Brad Pitt or Timothy Oliphant? Are we going to do this again?
3: <laughs> you know, Zach, one of the things that you said about uh, about these movies was the feel. And I agree completely. I, I love the Oceans trilogy wholeheartedly. Uh, it's been in my life so uh, prevalently that I can't even remember. Like, I tried to think about the first time that I saw any of these. And I I can't remember because I've just seen them so many times. I've loved them for so long. Um, But I really feel like the feel, the vibe, that aesthetic is so prevalent in the first film. Because in the first film, Steven Soderbergh, the director, did everything himself. So he was his own cinematographer. He edited the film. Uh, You know, he conceptualized like he did like three or four roles all by himself where normally directors would have a director of photography and then the director of photography would have a cinematographer and an assistant cinematographer and, you know, an editor and an editor's assistant. And Soderbergh said, I'm doing all of it by myself, almost like, a, like an, he treated the first movie like an indie film. And so you feel that vibe so much more, and I I almost feel like the trilogy suffers as we get into 12 and 13, because it became such a, like a box office hit, the first movie did, that the studio didn't want to gamble with Soderbergh burning out, or, you know, (laughs) losing interest, or just not nailing, not being an expert in all of these different avenues. And so they brought in more people and Soderbergh allowed it because he was so exhausted from the first film. And, uh, I feel like they suffer because of Hmm. that. Like, I, I feel like when he had two hands on the wheel, Mm -hmm. it was perfect. And then as soon as he starts giving away parts of his movie to other people, to collaborators, it really loses some of that vibe.
2: Are That's
1: we, I'm oh, sorry. Are we getting into our 12 takes now or what are we doing? No, not yet. Okay.
2: Um, but that is, that is interesting. <laughs> just, I feel like Tyler was talking about the trilogy and I was like, I, I didn't, I didn't even start on my 12 takes. Well, hold on. Before we get there, I want to talk a little bit about Steven Soderbergh um, because I, I, that was really interesting. I did know that he DP'd 11. I think he may have also DP'd the following two. Um, are you sure? I'm certain he didn't do 13. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I thought I had read something conflicting about that.
3: Well, I i, I would have thought that he would have. Uh-huh. And then when I watched it, I was paying attention to the credits. Well, I think he uses a pseudonym.
2: Oh. For for that. Um, but, but I, I didn't maybe. know about the editing at all. And so I think that's really cool. It, more than anything, I wanted to talk about just how impressive I think Soderbergh is as a filmmaker. Because even just to call him like simply a director is... Kind of incorrect since he obviously is so hands-on um, and I think it's cool to look at his filmography he has such a like varied filmography and I love that he can just do like he can do oceans 11 where he said like with that one he wanted to make a movie where audiences from the first frame of the movie to the last just felt pleasure throughout the entire movie and I think he achieved that obviously And then he's able to make weird, like, indie kind of experimental films. And then he can go to, like, prestige television with The Nick. And then he can also do, like, almost a parody of his own movie with Logan Lucky. But then also kind of just make it its own little weird, funny, super charming movie. Like, he can just do whatever he wants. Um, And I, I like that he is less concerned with making a movie that the audience is going to always love. Because if you look at his his movies and the ratings that they get, uh, he's not always making movies that are getting eights on IMDb. He's uh, They can be kind of varied a little bit. Um, but I feel like he's a director, or I, sh- I should say a filmmaker, that is a lot more concerned about like what's the kind of movie he wants to make. He made like a movie for Netflix where he just shot the whole thing on an iPhone because he's just like, let me just try that.
1: It's I wouldn't have like, I don't know much about Steven Soderbergh because I've seen four Steven Soderbergh movies and they are all heist movies. Was Logan lucky. The other one Logan lucky was the other one. Mm. So I'm very surprised to hear you say that because you're like, Oh, he's very varied. And I think, man, I've seen four heist movies by him and that's it. I don't really remember Logan lucky. That's the one with Adam driver,
0: right? Yeah. In, uh, Cheney Tatum. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember it. Ocean. It's Seven. Fun. I, like I know it. I
2: saw
1: it. I
0: saw it in theaters, with I think you guys, yeah.
2: He also did a movie called out of sight, which is also kind of a heist movie. <laughs> So he's done a lot of heist.
0: Yeah. Just really into robbing people.
2: I think so. And George Clooney. because he's also did with my time. (laughs) Wow. Ocean's (laughs) 11 or 13? (laughs) No,
0: I want to get into Jake's 12 takes.
2: Well, Well, hold on. I have some fun. Oh, Tyler, did you want (laughs) to?
3: No, I I was just going to yes and you. Like, I, I love Steven Soderbergh. I think that he's an incredible filmmaker. And I'm glad that we're finally getting to do one of his films. He really is a filmmaker in the in the strata of like fincher uh or even nolan like in terms of like uh impact uh to the industry uh, and I'm I'm really excited that, that we get to do this. And and I do agree. I think he is very varied. And, but I think the thing that, you know, every filmmaker kind of has like a little bit of a brand that they've created over a time, it, or maybe at least the greats have like a, a recognizable brand. And I feel like Soderbergh's is a, um, like a heightened, uh, like a heightened realism mm. where characters feel very, uh, very tactile, very tangible. Um, it's heightened, like there's no way that this person can really exist in real life, but the way that he tells a story, uh, you know, you kind of lose that and they do feel very plausible and possible. And, uh, you know, one, one of his films, Aaron Brockovich, uh, you know, was about a real person. Uh, but still it feels heightened and it feels impossible, but it, but it was actually like a, a true story. Uh, and I, I, I think he's a, a terrific filmmaker and a, a really, really, really wonderful storyteller.
2: Yeah, cool. I like that. Um, I have some fun trivia that I want to jump into a little bit. Um, did you guys know that originally Bruce Willis was cast to be Danny? <laughs> oh, I would wow. like that. That's, Do, do uh... you, think you would like that more. Oh Yeah. That's going to be the second
1: worst uh, potential recast that we have this month. And I'm really excited to talk about the
2: worst. <laughs> well, hold on, because I have some more coming. It's still not going to be worse than this, the one we have this later. This feels
3: <laughs> like whatever recast you're going to tell us about feels like the scene in this movie
0: where they edit the photos before
2: yeah.
3: uh, Al Pacino gets to see them. And they, they get like yeah. slightly uglier Heroes. and worse.
0: What is Chandler's name in real life from uh, Matthew Perry Perry. yeah and Matthew Perry could be Brad Pitt's character
1: (laughs) wow (laughs) Scott that makes me that makes me as
2: nauseous as the laser scene in Ocean's 12 you know honestly it would have been hilarious if like the rest of Ocean's 11 treated Rusty as the coolest dude in the room as he is as Brad Pitt but it was just Matthew Perry (laughs) (laughs) who do you guys call when you need something Rusty and it's just Matthew Matthew Perry Yeah. (laughs) yeah What could that? I be any cooler? <laughs> 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 Anytime he said a line of dialogue, just,
0: that just follows. And he's just like an, a trans
2: sponsor. <laughs> Would have loved that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, who but, else w- almost made this film? There's a couple people that they had uh, lined up to play Terry Benedict, who was Andy Garcia. Um, at one point, there was Michael Douglas attached. I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Okay. Almost Rafe Fiennes. <laughs> How do you say his name?
3: Ruf
0: Fionnus.
2: <laughs> it's a it's a different vibe, but I think I don't know if I hate that. Yeah, I mean, I could see him doing it. I'm indifferent to Michael Douglas, Ray Fine. That'd be really interesting to see.
3: I think he would have been a more uh, compelling
0: villain.
1: I he would have, have been scarier. much more intimidating. Yeah. Oh,
2: for yeah. sure, he'd be a
1: lot scarier. Especially I'm, if he I'm, was about a cadavering people. Yeah, that's true. I'm if glad he had a he wand. Didn't get it. Because I don't think I, the movie would
2: have been as fun. I
1: think he would have been more intimidating, but yeah. I don't think it would have been as
2: fun. Yeah, and I think that that's something that's really, that I just love about these movies and makes them really rewatchable is that like, f- like these should be high stakes movies. Uh-huh. Where like Terry Benedict is like, hey, you owe me money. And if you don't deliver, I'm going to kill you. But like no one is ever really that stressed about it. Yeah. And you, you never really doubt for a minute that like everything like that it's going to not work out in the end. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of cool and collected the entire time. It's kind of one note a little bit emotionally speaking. And I love it.
0: Maybe it's because they had already stole the thing. That's probably true. And so they're like, yeah, we already got it. So who cares?
2: But even like w- <laughs> when there's times where they're like, hey, maybe we can't pull off this heist. It's just like, you know, they're, they're gonna. Yeah, but they were just faking it like they already pulled it off. No, even in the first one when they are in deep Barney, Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Barney They're rubble. not that stressed. <laughs> Trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cockney um, rhyming slang is the most insane thing. Which was so funny because uh, Don, everyone was like, "Hey, Don Cheadle really sucked at that at the Cockney accent, really," and then he was like maybe I don't have the accent for the next ones and the producer was like, no, you're definitely keeping it. (laughs) But you can't improve it. (laughs) Keep it the exact same way that you did. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a funny bit in 12 when he's like coaching Julia Roberts and he's like, you got to get the accent. Like the accent has to be perfect. Right, right, (laughs) yeah. They have little nods. That's another thing that I love about these movies is there's like just a million inside jokes that the more that you research this movie, you realize that like almost every little thing is like an inside joke.
0: I kind of hated the Julia Roberts playing Julia Roberts. I have a little bit
2: more trivia before we get to 12. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> the twins originally were going to be Owen and Luke Wilson. Yeah, I did know that. I don't, that been I don't think I like that as
1: well. Yeah, I don't know. I Wait, think who, it's worse too. Who would Owen and who would Owen been and who would Luke have been? No idea. Okay, I feel like Luke would have been uh, the Scott Kahn. No, I I feel like Luke would have been Casey Affleck. Oh, really?
3: Yeah. Okay. I almost feel like uh, that's a like a weird question, because to me, in my mind, the Mormon twins are uh, a single character.
1: But they're very different.
3: They're just together all the time, right? Yeah, but I mean, even the ways that they play off each other, like they're both, they both tease each other and get each other's goat in almost the exact same way all the time. Like it, 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 to me, it's like it, it really doesn't matter which one of them is, uh, being, uh, difficult and which one of them is being sort of the voice of reason in the moment and making fun of them. Like they, it's, it's the same
2: like I think it's completely interchangeable you think you could, could have have switch yeah I was gonna yeah, say I, you could have them switch their lines of dialogue and it would be the exact same. exactly yeah. I, yeah I don't know
1: I don't know I don't know if I agree or not but uh, speaking of the twins they have one line of dialogue that or like one interaction that I think about all the time and I, I quote it sometimes with my sister in oceans 11 where they're playing 20 questions is are you a man <laughs> Are you alive? Evil Knievel.
2: Damn it. I think about
1: that all the time.
2: You can't leave me in here with these guys. Oh my gosh.
3: I I think uh, one of the things, like Zach, to your point, that like there's so many inside jokes. I think one of the things that works so well about this is you have this incredible ensemble cast that all really enjoy each other and really love like... Making fun of each other and having having a good time, yeah. And so that just really like bleeds through. Uh, George Clooney is like, uh, um, you know, I guess famous for being a very intense practical joker. I like, <laughs> didn't know that. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Yeah. So like he uh, he stole or no, he made up. He he like just created stationery from. Uh, I think Meryl Streep, and then uh, like wrote handwritten notes to like other cast members <laughs> as Meryl Streep, <laughs> oh my like gosh. like like being like a jerk to them essentially, like in That's note. Peter, uh, <laughs> you suck at acting. Yeah, Meryl Streep. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he said. <laughs> Poor Meryl Streep. <laughs> he he had gotten a hold of like this like box set like uh, these VHS tapes on like uh on like acting that uh, it was just a terrible like acting coaching thing uh-huh. and sent it to another one of the cast members with a handwritten note from quote unquote Meryl Streep. like, hey, thought you could use these for your next oh role. oh my
2: gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> I love that.
3: And so there was like a lot of that going on. but according to according to to him, uh Matt Damon is like evil
2: like he's oh. like
3: not like in, in like truly evil <laughs> but a that was his, that was his words. he was like he's he's evil. Uh, like he like really jumped in on all the practical joking and so did Brad. And so everyone is, is like having so much fun yeah. and is so playful. They just, it just, it really comes through on screen.
2: It really does. And I started to watch, uh, I only got like 15 minutes into it cause I didn't have a ton of time, but I started to watch the, uh, well, not the director's commentary. I'm sorry. One of the commentaries for Oceans 11 and it was Matt, brad and andy garcia mm-hmm. and just like in the first scene when you see danny brad is just like oh god this guy just george just he really phoned it in for this one like he's just, <laughs> they're just like ragging on each oh other. yeah and it's it's a ton of fun
3: i i watched an interview uh like a red carpet interview with george uh last night uh and like someone brought up brad pitt and he was like yeah you know uh you know, if he, he if he keeps at this, you know, he he might have a career on his hands. He's okay, you know? Like he's he's really not bad. He's got some some really like diamond in the rough talent and it's like
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> funny.
2: Well, uh when the Wilson twins fell through, I don't know if this was ever actually like legitimately true or if this is just a weird rumor, but uh apparently there was talk of having the Cohen brothers play the twins. I
1: don't know what they look like or sound like, so I don't know if that would be good or bad. Uh, just
3: imagine uh, the dorkiest people. Okay, that's what they look and sound like. That could work. They they look and sound like they never had friends.
1: <laughs> I can believe they probably I can believe that because of how like methodical they seem to be. Yeah, that, and they just they have everything down to a t always. Like, like they tried to do that with their friends. Yeah, and their it's friends probably were like, I'm out. not easy to be friends <laughs> with them.
3: Yeah, I can. I'm saying that 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 like you said, ah, Zach, but they obviously have tons of friends. Like they're, they're very well, they're beloved, uh, but they don't look like it or sound like it.
2: (laughs) That just reminds me of an interview I was watching with Josh Brolin for, uh, no country. And he was talking about this one scene where, when he discovers the money from like the drug deal gone bad. And, uh, he's like, I feel like Llewellyn would react a little bit. Like, what if I go like, Hmm, or something (laughs) like that when I open the money and one of the Cohen brothers was like, All right. Yeah, sure. Give it a try. And they kept it in. And Josh was like, whenever we would screen that movie after that, I always could tell where whoever it was, let's say Ethan Cohen was, because whenever the hmm would happen, he would bust up, like audibly bust up laughing during (laughs) every screening. (laughs) That's pretty funny. All right. Last bit of casting trivia: Uh, Mark Wahlberg was going to play Linus. Yeah, and he backed out to do uh, Planet of the Apes. Oh, wow. Scott, good call. You like that movie. I
0: like that Planet of the Apes movie, but not near as good as this one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's like a guilty pleasure. This is just like an actual pleasure. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Wait. So there was Mark. There was like, that was a separate reboot of Planet of the Apes before the one. The current ones. Yeah. Okay. I don't think I saw that one.
0: It's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. I mean, it's good if you're into weird, crappy sci-fi movies. (laughs) I might be into that. I think you're the only person I've ever heard say it's good. Yeah. I, With the caveat of being in, like, if you like Planet of the Apes, you like
3: it. Do Do you remember that Scott nominated Independence Day for this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, Independence
1: yeah. Day is a fun movie. Yeah. Yeah. I would say it's in so the same vein. So is Planet of the Apes.
3: Yeah. It's okay. fun. I'm it's, just saying, yeah, I am like, like critically I good.
0: It. Yeah, like there's but lots
2: of fun. issues with it, but it's fun. That yeah. was a movie that my family tried when I was a kid. We went to Blockbuster and we we're like, let's try Planet of the Apes, and we didn't finish it. From the
1: 70s or the Mark Wahlberg one? The Mark
2: Wahlberg one. Okay.
1: Yeah. I've seen the ones from the 70s a lot. My dad loves. I've Planet watched the Ma- Mark Wahlberg one at least 10 times.
0: Oh, I haven't seen I think wow, I've only seen it once. All well, right.
3: I'm I'm a little bit of a stickler for uh, for tradition and pro forma uh
0: so do we want to jump into just the facts so i had an idea that we could try out this season if you guys are down okay
3: well i love working that out on air <laughs> yeah. that seems to be the only way
0: we and hash that would out be, new ideas. that would be we do just the facts right before we do our ratings and our ratings are like finishing the facts
2: okay
1: yeah let's see how it goes yeah
2: cool well i want to talk a little bit about 12 okay and i want to try to make the case for 12 Okay. And then I know that you'll have a response. It sounds like Scott will have a response as well. Loved it. Okay. Sweet. What genuinely? (laughs) 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 I mean, it's okay.
0: It felt like I, I I felt like it was kind of a waste, but
2: yeah, we'll, we'll listen to Zach and then I'll say what I have to say. I do love it. So carry on. I love it too. Uh, it's not as good of a movie as 11. Um, it might not be a great follow up. It, is a little bit of a messy movie. The plot obviously doesn't make a ton of sense. It has the weakest plot of the three. But it's super funny. It's super fun to watch. It's very charming. The chemistry between the cast is all still there. Aesthetically, I think it's really great. Um, I think the cinematography is great. I think it has the best score out of all three of the movies. Yeah, definitely. And it's so fun. I like Everything that I'm watching... Looks so good, sounds so good that I truly don't really care about if the plot really makes sense by the end of it, and I don't think Soderbergh or anyone involved really cares either. I think that I think we it's tell. a little, it's a little more experimental than the first one, obviously. And actually, Soderbergh himself said, in terms of shot construction, cutting patterns, the use of music, from a filmmaking standpoint, that's the best of the three. And I also read actually that he felt like Twelve would be of all his movies, the one that he'd feel the most comfortable going back and rewatching because he felt like aesthetically it's his favorite.
1: I mean, aesthetically, sure. It's really nice to, to look at beautiful people gallivanting around Europe.
2: Yeah. it sounds awesome.
1: That's not like, that's not a hard thing to get right. You know, I don't, I don't think that's very difficult Uh, to do. I was going to say, I don't know. I don't don't know about that. uh, I think that, I disliked this movie even more watching it the second time Okay, because I think because of the time that we're in and we are in a world of unnecessary sequels and like, like just like everything's a sequel and I just want something new and fresh. And then we have this like super unnecessary kind of empty sequel. Some of the things in this movie, like really almost made me feel nauseous. The, the laser scene I think is a, a a good metaphor for this whole movie it's stupid. It's flashy. And they're just doing it again because they can do it again. And for no other reason, you know, and they're like so pleased with their own cleverness and it's just not that clever. I think that the plot is so stupid. I can't get over it. Like nobody's actions in this movie make any sense because why they have the egg, the entire movie. Yeah. But it doesn't make sense. I, I, I
3: think maybe like from my perspective, uh, it's, it's really like not the point. Like th- these really aren't I, like the, the point of the movie of all three movies is
1: really not the execution of the heist. But that's not even what I am. It, their actions don't make sense. No, no person would take these actions ever. Right? Like, yeah, I've, I've accomplished my mission already. And then I'm going to carry out this elaborate and stressful, heist for nobody's benefit, really. Like, they won. They won, and then they're just putting themselves at unnecessary risk, taking unnecessary pains. Uh, Impersonating, having Julia Roberts impersonate Julia Roberts uh, is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. Uh, And I just, I hate it. I don't know why they're doing it. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody would act this
3: way. I think the whole, well,
1: yeah. I mean,
3: I, I think the point of, like, going through all of this was to be able to reunite Catherine Zeta-Jones
1: with her father. But why? Why couldn't they Lamarck? have done that in any easier way?
3: Uh, because she wouldn't have. She wouldn't have uh, gone along with it. She had so much mistrust for for Rusty that, like, this was this was the way to like get to that moment.
1: I don't. I never thought about that. So I ha- I can't argue against it right now, but that doesn't that doesn't track with me, and it doesn't satisfy anything that makes me upset about it. Yeah,
3: I think for me the the purpose of all the oceans movies is like the the story is really the the characters. Uh, it it's really
1: it's a character story, not a heist story, in my opinion. And i i didn't I didn't think they did anything new or anything f- like it was this this movie was f- from a character perspective was the same thing, but in Europe. I feel like as Ocean's Eleven, like like the bits, the joking, everything was exactly the same. And I just think if you didn't need to make this movie, like if you're if you're not giving me anything new, you're not giving me anything particularly like interesting or new. Why make it, you know, (laughs) just to have, you know, uh, Topher Grace. That was it. That was the whole point. I do love Topher Grace. Was to get Topher Grace
3: in into yeah. the into Wait, the he?
1: OCU. He was he was Topher Grace. <laughs> yeah, he played himself. In, in Oceans oh. Eleven, Brad Pitt was teaching him how to play cards. Oh. And then yeah, he trashed yeah, yeah. his hotel.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. he's so good in these I movies. I forgot Catherine Zeta-Jones was in this too. It's been a long time since I've
1: watched 12. Uh-huh. I thought Dover Grace was very funny actually when he's like, I quit the show and I'm like, yeah. like <laughs> I totally phoned it in <laughs> with that Dennis Quaid movie. Yeah. yeah. And my, my favorite part of that whole
3: thing is, <laughs> Jesus man you didn't have to go all Frankie Muniz <laughs> on me, <laughs> like yeah. unnecessarily throwing Frankie Muniz under the <laughs> yeah. bus. Jake, I, I'm sad to hear that you uh, hate the laser scene. I love the laser scene and I love in particular that they're m- like giving a nod or like almost maybe making fun of i i think it's a i think it's a genuine nod to Catherine zeta jones yeah that's why i hate it
2: why, Be- because why?
1: C- Catherine zeta jones is in this movie so we gotta have somebody go through a laser feed. do you I don't not like it- fourth wall <laughs> jokes i don't I, understand i i don't i didn't think it was well done i guess i i really it was maybe the corniest thing i've seen in my life oh i wow. love it especially yeah. because at the end of the day <laughs> Of the Day, nothing came of
3: it. <laughs> I listen to that song sometimes just by itself. Like, I'll just literally go on Spotify to listen to that yeah, song. Yeah, the song slaps
2: the whole soundtrack of Ocean's 12 slaps. I think it's the best of the three.
1: I didn't take particular notice of it because I think I was uh,
2: just I didn't like it. Do you like the laser scene more if you knew that Vincent Cassell didn't use a stunt double? No, oh, <laughs> so
1: also, dang. can we? I, I feel like. If anybody was going to do the laser scene, I want it to be the amazing Yen.
2: Who is yeah, Yen doesn't really do much in 12 or 13. Super Yeah, super underutilized. Yeah. Which I'm kind of fine with. I, I, love love I, still,
3: <laughs> I still love in 12 and 13. I still love the uh, the bit where he speaks without subtitles mm-hmm. and we have to understand what he said based on everyone else understanding them. Even though none of them ever once speak mandarin i I assume he's speaking mandarin back to him yeah
2: like they they just like i think that's a hilarious bit one of my favorite bits in the movie yeah uh so i kind of want to push back a little bit because then on one hand like i kind of agree with you you said this movie is stupid and flashy and like not doing anything new and i kind of agree and my point or i guess my response would be like i don't care I want more like I love the first one. Just give me more of that. And so I I just want more of that. I want more of Ocean's Eleven just hanging out, talking to each other because it's fun and hilarious and they just have amazing chemistry together. And I want to just see them doing whatever set to this amazing cinematography and this awesome soundtrack. And like, I'll just watch 10 of those movies. That's cool. But then also I do feel like 12 does do some things a little bit differently. It feels the most different from the other two. It has, I think, a, a really different vibe of the whole um, of the trilogy. Um, I think it has a little bit more like experimental cinematography. Um, I think it has more bits. Than Eleven does, I think it is maybe funnier than Eleven. I think there's so many yeah. like really funny jokes that I just love, and the whole like beginning of the movie I think is a really fun follow up to Eleven, where Terry Benedict is rounding them all up, and you get to see like where they all are. Yeah. Like that's really fun for me, and I and it's so funny too. Like you, so many I, of those parts are really funny.
3: You don't have to tell my dad, right? We don't <laughs> yeah. have to get
1: him involved. <laughs> what I didn't understand, like speaking of the plot, was like at the end of Ocean's Eleven. I got the impression that Terry genuinely believed that Danny did not do this. And like, they got away with it because he was there the whole time. Like he was locked up. I got the impression that they got away with it entirely. Like why it was it really that hard for him to find 11 guys all over the country where Rusty's like buying a hotel in LA. Like it wasn't that hard for him to find. I thought that they weren't found because he honestly didn't suspect them.
2: No, uh, I don't understand the criticism. What e- so like it was like too easy for him to find them? No, it, it it well. Why was it difficult for him to find them? Like he needed to be told where they were. Like he knew it was them the whole time. He just needed to be told where they were. I don't think he knew that it was. The, I don't think he knew who any of those guys were except for Danny.
1: Yeah. Okay. I I got the it impression. Because it was, it was uh, the Night Fox that sold them out. I thought the Night Fox just gave up where they were. Maybe I misunderstood that part of the movie, but I thought he was looking for them and couldn't find them. And then the Night Fox was like, this is where each of them are. Well, he was looking for whoever robbed his vault. Okay. Maybe I misunderstood that part. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That makes more sense. Yeah. I had that question, and I figured there would be an
2: explanation, but it just didn't make any sense to me. Did you think it was funny when they were like, when um, Casey Affleck is so bummed that it was called Ocean's Eleven? I did. There were, like, don't get me
1: wrong. There, I think that I laughed a fair amount. Like, these people are very charming, and they have good chemistry. Like, I don't think it was entirely like leading up to the reveal, right. Uh-huh. It, it doesn't feel like a necessarily a waste of time. And, but there are some things that I don't like and there's some things that are very cheesy, but then you hit the reveal and then it kind of retroactively kills things for me. Mm. Like looking back, even though I knew it was coming, but like there were funny parts where they're like, you know, like, Oh, if you're in trouble, who do you go to? And like, Yeah. Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was funny and like how upset they were They're like we agreed to call it the Benedict <laughs> the Benedict
2: <laughs> <Thomas>. like, <laughs> Ruben's like this you couldn't see this. <laughs> that makes me laugh every time so, I So like
1: it. I think that there are funny parts. Like I don't think that and I just I it felt unnecessary to me and I'm just I'm personally so I, burnt out on sequels and like thing like everything turning into a franchise uh that <laughs> this hit me so much.
3: Yeah, worse I, I get it.
1: I I hear you. I I totally
3: get it. I validate it. Um, it. I don't think it bothers me because I I first saw these before that was a thing. So like yeah, like I like I it is one of those things. And this happens to us a lot as we're reviewing older movies where it's like, we've missed the cultural moment. And so we miss like why it was valuable or important at the time. Uh. Um, and, and this was, you know, in a sense in that way, a little bit trend setting, uh, not just kind of following the, Oh, let's just do another sequel. This was still long before the, the like endless sequel, you know, movie, uh, industry crutch and it was before the like reboot crutch and you know yeah. all of that um now i will say this movie this franchise was rebooted. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's a valid
1: criticism. Like I do agree with you. Yeah, and I think like it, it bothers me more now than when I watched it the first. Time. Sure. Yeah. Cause of, because of the state, like cause of the moment we're in now, right. Totally. Watching it again, it feels worse to me, like, yeah. especially right after watching oceans 11, which I do think is near perfect. I think it's so fun and so engaging. Uh, and then I came to this and I was like, I, I wish that we just had oceans 11 and we didn't have the rest of them. We, we probably do need to at some point talk, talk about, about ocean 13, 13 because we're 48 minutes in. Uh, yeah. But, but
3: I do want to, I do want to, uh, my favorite moment, uh, from all three oceans movies is in oceans 12 and it's, uh, the scene with Robbie Coltrane.
2: Yeah. That's a great scene. The, uh, Oh, well, yeah. Matsui. Sorry. Yeah, Matsui, Matsui. Yeah. 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 I was like, why do I know yeah, the name Matt, Matt Damon, I think, is the funniest in this movie. And oh I love my the gosh. way that they uh, that they play him, that they kind of just make him even more insecure and yeah. a little bit more of a dweeb. Oh, yeah. He's so great in this movie. I, so, like, I don't know if I disagree with anything you're saying, Jake, but just none of it is an issue. It's, it's all just a non-issue for me. And, like, I agree, Ocean's 12 was not necessary to make, but I'm so happy that they did because I just love it like it's just so endearing to me even if it the the plot doesn't really make sense.
0: I think for me like I I've felt both ways about movies. I've had times where the plot hurt, like I can't get over it and times uh-huh. where I'm like I don't care, like it yeah. was just fun. But I think it's because it's in comparison to 11 like if 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 12 was its own thing by itself. Right. I think we would be more forgiving of the plot. Sure. Because it's genuinely funny in all those other ways, but in comparison to 11 it makes it feel like which had like it was missing something which big. had
3: the coolest plot twist yeah 11 like both have like a plot twist around the heist at the end it's
1: just 12s is lame and 11s and, was so freaking cool and uh-huh. i think that like if you are following maybe i'm wrong maybe because i know what's going to happen i feel this way but i feel like if you're following along closely and you're watching oceans 11 you can it at least makes sense Like everything that happened, everything they did makes sense. And like retroactively you're like, this is why they're doing that. And you can maybe even guess it if you're very astute. But like it makes sense and everything they do has a reason. Right. uh, Even if you didn't understand it at the time. Right. But then watching Oceans 12, you're like, oh, I wonder why they did that. And then afterwards you're like, oh, there was just no reason. They just mean to do it.
0: I think they were trying to sell it to the Night Fox that they hadn't had it yet.
1: Why? Because they were in a competition. They already won the competition.
0: Wasn't it by a certain date? But they, they beat the date, then they hand it in. They won. So, But I'm saying, like, if he knew that they didn't, if they if, if Night Fox thought that they had it, he could have tried to steal it from them. But so why they were they
1: trying to
2: sell it the whole time. Just go back to the immediately and give it to him, and then you win. So something that I've kind of heard some people make the case for 12 is that, like, it's less about the plot trying to make sense and more of just about, like, like the audience, like trying to dupe the audience a little bit more. And, there's and that's a, what I find insulting. Sure, and and I I don't find that as compelling as maybe some people would as well, but there was a quote that I found, a review from a letterbox user, Silent Dawn, that I I really liked, and he said, you could take Ocean's 12 as a dismantling of audience expectations a reversal of the heist film as not necessarily what is being stolen or how it's achieved, but how to fool the audience into thinking nothing is really going right until the final rug pull, or you can examine it as an ultra-detailed aesthetic experiment while letting slack loose on the narrative reigns. Or you could just watch it for what it is—a movie with a bunch of vibes. Either way, it's perfect. And at the end of the day, the third is what it is for me. It's just a movie with a bunch of vibes. I and feel I'm super like into it. Good vibes all it, to me.
1: I feel like they were like very pleased with their own cleverness. And they're like, "Oh wow, you had no idea, right?" And it's like, "Of course, we had no idea. You gave us no clues to this." That feels a little and like, like I, projecting. I, I feel like they—I don't know. Like I, I feel like they were just like very much in their own cleverness. And I'm like, "This wasn't clever. You just." Did it? You just like did a thing, and we never saw it, and we had no clues to it, and then it was over. Uh, so I didn't like it. It's
0: that's fair. That's fair.
1: Yeah. Let's. You want to talk about? I ourselves? would say so I'm, let's... I'm more
0: with you, Jake, than them, but I'm probably in between. Let's so talk about thirteen. Thirteen. <laughs> Fifty minutes in. It's gonna be as long. As long as as All right. Let's get to just the fact. Yeah. Just
2: <laughs> well, so I'll I'll kick us off for thirteen. Um, thirteen. Like when I had growing up, I would watch. 11 and 12 a lot and 13 was the one that I had returned to the least for some reason it was my least favorite and so going into it this time I was like I don't don't really know I like it but it just kind of feels like a worse version of 11 whereas 12 just feels like it's entirely own different thing but 13 just kind of feels like we're rehashing the Vegas thing this and that I don't know how great of a movie it's going to be. But this movie freaking slaps like I really loved it. I had so much fun with it and I almost was like happy to be back in Mm. Vegas and it was fun to see them going through another heist and like the first maybe five, 10 minutes or so when like Rusty walks off the job and he meets with Danny and they're talking about Tess and and Catherine Jones. I don't remember her name. I was like, "Ah, okay, I don't know. I don't know. But then like when they meet up with Roman and then start walking through the details, I'm like, okay, I'm in like we're back. This is so good. Yeah, I'm
3: glad to hear you say that because you were kind of whatever about picking this and and it, I, I actually like this way more than 12.
1: Yeah, I think to me, to me this movie almost feels like an apology for 12.
2: <laughs> it's funny because uh, Soderbergh, like called this one, the one we should have made last time. Yeah. And I don't think he meant that as like a, he regrets 12. Cause clearly from what I said earlier, he doesn't, but I think more so just like, Oh yeah, this is what people really wanted. Uh-huh. Yeah. Kind of joke. Tongue in cheek was like, this is the one we should have made.
1: And like, they like I feel like they were so upfront with things where like, I had never seen it, but I was like, I know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, like they were like so transparent and like it really, it felt like an apology to, for 12 to hmm. me. And I thought it was fine. Again, I didn't need it, but I enjoyed it more than I enjoyed 12.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think 13 is a lot of fun. I put it right under 11. Like, I think um, it's, I think it's significantly better than 12, but I think part of that is because of 12. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like we like went this different direction and then we came back. And so there was like this element of like attacking back to revisit. Yeah. Yeah. In comparison and then bringing back like characters and it really builds off of 12 too. like, their relationship with Terry in 12 mm-hmm. sets up what they can do with Terry in 13. Um, So, like, I, I, 12 for me was like a necessary evil. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, no, I I, I, I feel the same way. I yeah. thought the same thing too, where it's like if we just got 11 straight into 13, I think 13 would feel a little too contrived. Mm-hmm. But it feels like a nice return to form after 12. Uh huh. What's, uh, what's some of your favorite moments from 13? Oh man, there's a bunch. I mean like when they're talking with like I said, Roman and just detailing the the whole plan. And mm-hmm. I kinda love that they're stuck on something. So they mm-hmm. have to call in Roman and they have to try to figure out how to how to overcome the the Greco. Yeah. I think, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. The Greco. One of my favorite bits though is when they're talking I don't remember like why, but they kinda had like um an inside guy going and gamble in the hotel and he gets like oh, taken yes. <laughs> slammed his head against and he's like, he was a little too like he dressed a little too obvious, he was a little too conspicuous, and then you just see George Clinton with this huge <laughs> big mustache. <laughs> yeah, that part was so funny. And the chain Ridiculous. The, yeah, the ridiculous. Oh my gosh.
1: Mm-hmm. I uh one of my favorite bits was with Matt Damon, it's like the nose plays. It's not just a prop. <laughs> for prop's sake, the <laughs> nose plays. <laughs> I say the nose plays like out of context all the time to people. I don't know if I've ever noticed it cause I didn't know what it's from, but I'll probably have to pay attention to that. now. Yeah.
3: Like, like, like when someone's like, Oh no, like this is great, you know? And I like, but I disagree. I'll, I'll say like, Oh no, the nose plays. <laughs> 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 my favorite, my favorite bit in this movie is the, uh, the twins, uh, going down to oh Mexico. Oh my gosh!
1: Oh smile. my god! Uh-huh. <laughs> a revolt. I think the funniest <laughs> part of it for me was when they send the non kcf like one. I forgot their name. Scott Con, and then they're like you need to take care of this revolt. Yeah. And then they're like, have you taken
2: care of? He's like, yeah, management is going to break. any minute."
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Do you not remember Zapata? <laughs> and what is like a $3 raise? Yeah. But yeah it was like for like, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Ocean's 11 just like pay? Yeah. So just, they just pay the factory yeah, yeah. workers. Because it's <laughs> like 30, they're like 36 grand. Yeah. And then, like per person. And like, no. total. Yeah. <laughs> yeah total. It's the, so great. I love it, that
3: he says, "We want our bread and our roses too." <laughs> just, yeah. Just like,
2: what? <laughs> it's so
0: good. I love it. It was fun watching it with Carla because she hadn't seen it, and so like the surprises were new for her. Oh yeah. And so like I was trying to like pick up on like when she got the reveals and like she, when um I forget Monk when he gets uh like brought is it Monk is that the no. same actor no. like, Are you talking about like the, the he's uh, talking about Livingston minus? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Livingston Dell. Yeah. Um when he gets like captured by like the FBI. She's like, what? I don't what what's happening? Um and that's like one of my favorite reveals. Like, oh, like even the like the police essentially are are on their side for that one.
3: Real quick, when you said Linus, you're not talking about Ben
1: Linus, are you? Uh no, I mistook, but Linus is one of the characters in the movie. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Matt, that's uh, Matt Damon. Uh, Matt Damon, but yeah. I I meant to say Livingston.
3: I thought I thought you I thought we just uh incorrectly attributed two completely different actors to this <laughs> role. No, no, no.
1: I was I just got the wrong But wait, Ben Linus
0: name. isn't in this. No. no. I got the wrong name in the movie. Yeah. I also liked when that character had to step on a needle every time he was <laughs> oh, Yeah,
3: that was funny. Just for just for pain. I just really want this job.
2: <laughs> <laughs> There's a really fun bit in this movie too where Linus, Matt Damon is in Europe, and I forgot he's doing like some recon or something like that on the Greco. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, and he so he was actually like Matt Damon was actually in Europe. He was shooting Born Ultimatum. Oh. At that point, so they just got that one scene while he was on location for Born Ultimatum, and they filmed that scene kind of like it's a born movie. It's like no, it, it's the I yeah yeah that's fascinating. It's like handheld, and then it, even his dialogue is very. Born-esque. Borny esque. Yeah. He's like I think I'm being followed. And yeah, it. I think I'm being followed. I've already used two my identities. I don't even know where I am right now. The,
3: and the the uh color grade yeah. was it was colored just like a born movie. And that's so funny because this time watching it, I really felt like when that scene happened, I was like, this the this tone does not match, and the coloring does not
1: match the rest of this well, movie or Steven Soderbergh. You yeah. know what I thought? when I was watching it because it looked like they were really in Europe I was like they flew to Europe for this scene (laughs) it's like it's like when you watch an Indian movie which I know you guys haven't and then they'll do a music video and then for some reason they're like in front of the Eiffel Tower and it's like they flew to the Eiffel Tower for this (laughs) that's how it felt to me
3: but yeah no we were I think it was because of the car yeah there was a horn I was hoping it just wasn't going to get picked up and we could keep talking I can hear it yeah no that uh, I I definitely felt that too it's kind of funny yeah
2: yeah, I just, that's what I love about these movies is like they're so clever and so smart and just so fun. Yeah, and playful. I think yeah, that's the... Very playful. Yeah, the the playfulness to
1: me is what just is like, it's a blast. Mm-hmm. It's a I, blast. I felt genuinely bad for the hotel reviewer. Oh, the same. Entire movie. But then I, there was there was like a, a thing I didn't catch where they're like, would you go through
2: all that for 10 million? Yeah.
1: I'd do it for 11. Yeah. And then at the end, he's like,
2: I just won 11 million dollars. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. That's one of my favorite scenes too. Like it's... It's very endearing. Yeah. And like, uh, I kind of love that at the end that they like reward that guy. The, uh, another thing
3: that I, I really love about this trilogy, uh, every time I watch it is the like mythos around the con artists where they have all of these different like con names. I like yeah. that too. And, and you're like the whole time, like, I'm always thinking like, are these real or not? It doesn't matter. I the love Susan B
2: Anthony. This, yeah. The driving Miss Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. I forget.
1: It, it's one of my favorite lines from Oceans twelve is when everybody's been arrested and then they're talking and then he says, We could do and he's like, There's no way we could train a cat that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. It's it's just a ton of fun. Um I really liked Al Pacino in this movie too. I did. I thought he was a great yeah, villain. Good.
1: Yeah, I mean Al Pacino more intimidating than, than Terry Benedict, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: He, he's my favorite villain of all three movies. Yeah. Pacino. There was uh, a review when I was reading some research on the whole trilogy that I really just loved. Um, in his review for New York magazine, David Edelstein wrote, this is for oceans 13. As the plotting gets naughtier Soderbergh's technique gets more fluid. The editing jazzier, the colors, more luscious, the whip pans, more whiz bang which I looked up yesterday, which means a resounding success.
3: You didn't know what whiz bang meant?
2: No, (laughs) I've never heard that in my life. Uh Did you say wet pans or whip pans? Whip Whip pans. pans. Okay. Is that when they like whip the camera? Yeah. Yeah. It's all anchored by Clooney looking impudent, ruggish, almost laughably handsome. And I couldn't agree more. This This movie has so much whiz bang. Yeah, it does. This is a very handsome cast.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. They like, I, can you think of a more handsome cast?
2: No, no, and no. I wanted to ask: uh, Can you think of a better ensemble? Like, is this the best ensemble? Maybe, oh brother, we art though. You think so? It's definitely not a more handsome. Cast. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say they look. Even George Clooney doesn't look amazing in Oh Brother, we're Art? <laughs> no, though. I think in
1: in
0: those costumes that are more handsome.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, I I don't think
3: so. I I, and you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, have you ever played the game? Uh, well, I know you have because we played it together but like the six degrees of separation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I used to love playing that with my uh, high school best friend. We would just burn hours of school playing that game. And uh, like in class. And like for both of us, as long as you could get to oceans, you can get anywhere because the, the cast is so stacked. Like every actor in that is phenomenal in their own right. You know, even Casey Affleck you know, who in, in this movie, like, isn't really that, you know, consequential, like I kind of talked about, I, I think he's completely interchangeable with his, you know, uh, screen partner. Uh, and like, you think about like Goodwill hunting, like he's kind of a throwaway character there, but like, when you look at some of his work, when he's a leading man, he is a stellar actor and it gives you a lot of like, it give it's, it's impressive that he's able to, to do both so well.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, I trying to think about what movies I've seen where Casey Affleck has led. And I don't think I've seen many, if any,
3: there's a, a couple that come to mind for me right away. Uh, gone baby gone, uh, which say. I'd highly recommend Casey Affleck, Morgan Freeman. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. And then, uh, uh, Manchester by the sea. I've
1: heard a lot of good things about Manchester by the sea. Uh, it's a bummer though, right?
2: Yeah.
3: It, it's not, frankly, in my opinion, it's not as big a bummer as everyone makes it out to be. Yeah, okay. I put
0: it on our list and you crossed it out. I heard it was a big bummer and I didn't want to
1: watch it.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's not as it's not as like I've seen a lot of movies that are bigger but and we've done movies that are bigger bummers than. Yeah, no, I, I feel before. like
1: in retrospect, now that we've done bigger bummer movies, I I don't care as much. But I just never, I decided not to watch it because it was a bummer. And now I'm not going to watch it because I assume it will get picked for this show eventually, and I think I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. I'll I haven't p- seen I'll, it either. I'll
3: put it this way: uh, if Zach would have picked it for Bummer Summer, I would I would have said he's being a bitch. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <All right.
3: laughs> Why? Just because it's not that big of a bummer. Oh.
2: I don't I don't know if I have anything more really to say about it. Yeah, let's 15. let's all right. Well, well let's do just I, the facts. I, I had a fun question though I wanted to ask you guys if. If you were anyone in the group, who would you be? If you were anyone in Ocean's Alive? Oh, is it yeah. like, who and, do you want to
1: be or who do you think
2: you who are? Who do you think you are? And so, like, let's take Danny and Rusty off the table because none of us are them.
1: I think that I'm Ruben.
2: You think you're Ruben? Yeah. That's <laughs> Elliot Gould. That tracks,
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, just, I need to get this out there. Uh, Elliot Gould, horrible audiobook reader. Oh, really? Uh, I'm, I'm listening to Closing Time right now, which is a sequel to Catch-22, Catch and he's narrating it and it honestly sometimes i'm like did you read this beforehand (laughs) because you seem to be surprised by (laughs) everyone i just want to get that out there uh but i think i'd be ruben i didn't know that catch 22 had a sequel it came out like the 90s uh it's very short it's only like a four and a half hour audiobook
2: i feel like you might be livingston the 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 nerd guy, nerd. the guy I'm a little bit insulted. I'd rather be the, Ruben. the tech guy. I know you'd rather. I uh, we'd all rather be Ruben, But like the tech guy who does stand up comedy, that's he's so bad at it, and he's so nervous so and sweaty. Fits really good. Yeah. No. T-
3: <laughs> I'm I'm backing you up on this, Jake. I think you're Ruben. Thank you. Yeah. The old cranky dude. Yeah. yeah. I mean that track. It's honestly it's a tie between both Scott and Jake for Reuben. I the, figured um, that,
1: but I I figured. I mean not not to toot my own horn. Uh, but I could be the financial backing. Hmm. Like Ruben is, uh, that's true. Uh, which yeah. is what turned wow. me on to it. And then I was like, you know what, this tracks. Weird flex. Weird flex.
2: That was who's, what turned me
0: onto it. Who's the old guy that, um, Saul? Saul. Yeah, Saul. That's who I am. Okay,
2: yeah, that no, tracks. I was going to say, Scott is Saul in Oceans 12 when they're like, Saul, we need, we need you to be a part of this. And he's like, I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like Scott has said before, I've earned the right to be selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I have.
3: No, just it feels like but you um, have. Do yeah. you
2: know what was an entire, just a huge mood
1: for me was, I want the last check I write to bounce.
2: Yeah. I was like, oh, mood right there. <laughs> that really is. <laughs> I think I'm probably Basher. Yeah, that fits for me.
3: Can you, can you do the Cockney accent? No, <laughs> just like Don Cheadle. <laughs> I could not do a Cockney accent. No, I, I feel like, uh, you know, just kind of the, the not only like his comedic vibe, I think kind of fits me, but in uh, 13, when he's like writing letters yep. to Ruben.
1: Uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a very me move. I can't be there, but I need, I need
2: to get my positive messages through. (laughs) Those letters brought me back. (laughs) Well, and not only that, but Basher is always like, he always knows exactly what he's doing. And he's always getting frustrated by incompetence. Yes. And I feel like that's you. Like you always (laughs) know what you're doing and you're surrounded by people who can't do things as well as you can. I feel like I can hear you. They did what I would have done, only they did
1: it on accident. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly.
3: No, that's very true. Uh, We, uh, at work, uh, I bought this for something I'm doing for work. I bought this card game that's like questions that you're supposed to ask your friends and one of them, uh, I was like, one of the questions I was flipping through them was what is it that I get frustrated by? And I held it up to Scott and he laughed and he was like incompetence. Yeah, That's, it is. I, I get very frustrated by it. Who do you think
2: you are? I feel like, like sometimes I feel like I'm Linus a little bit. Okay. Or like, I feel like Linus wants to be the rustier or the Danny, but he's uh. just a little too like insecure and just a little too dweeby. That but was the, a, a really funny scene where he's talking to Rusty. he's like, I feel like I should
1: take more of a leadership role <laughs>
2: in <laughs> this. I'm glad we had this conversation. Uh, if he hadn't, I would have been still been sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I might be Scott Kahn though. Like I feel like I work better in a duo and I feel like I kind of naturally form like little maybe bromances with other people. Yeah. Um, I know that I had talked to you about this off-air, and you said that you thought maybe you were Casey Affleck. I did for a little bit. And I feel like we kind of have a little bit of the Mormon twin. Dude, I'll be be the Mormon twins with you. Yeah. I feel like Tyler and I have a little bit of, like, a Danny-Rusty relationship. And then I feel like Jake and I have, like, a Mormon twin. It's a little more antagonistic. Yeah. But we work well together still. I'll, I'll I'll be Casey Affleck. I don't know his name in the movie. I don't either. I don't know either of their names. Yeah. I... It's not important.
1: Also, I forgot. Are you going to exclude me in
2: your wedding speech?
3: Turk. Yeah. Turk. That's, that's oh, yeah. Khan's Turk. character's name is Turk. Yeah.
2: I, uh,
1: I had forgotten that they were Mormon. And for some reason it makes that so much funnier to me that they're, <laughs> that they're like practicing Mormons and then they're like yeah. knocking off casinos. Yeah. So.
3: <laughs> it is honestly like when he wrote 11, cause I, I, like he wrote
2: 11, right? Uh, I don't know if he wrote it actually. No. Well, uh, at least he's not listed as the writer. Oh, okay. I know 12 was like a repurposed previous script. I'm not sure about 11 and, and 13. Interesting. But anyway, when whoever wrote it, wrote it, the the
3: origin of all of these characters that we never really dive into is one of the funniest things. Uh, like you have the Mormon twins, you have Danny who's just getting out of prison for, we don't really know what exactly, yeah. but it, it, you know, it has the vibe of like, Uh, it has the vibe of, uh, uh, Martin Lawrence in another movie makes a joke, uh, where he gets out of jail and he goes back to his girlfriend and his girlfriends left him. And she was like, you told me you were a banker. And he's like, no, no, I said bank robber. I stutter (laughs) sometimes. And like, it has that same kind of vibe. Yeah. It's blue streak. It has that same kind of vibe where like Danny, like, and, and Tess are like, you know, she hates him, but we don't really know
1: why, but it's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that the amount of detail we're given about all these characters is the perfect amount. Uh, Like I'm thinking in the first movie, like I I think that like their introduction and like, their like getting them all is probably my favorite part of that movie. I think it's so fun, but I think you're right. Like I don't want more and I don't want less of their character. I think I get just enough to get on board with all the jokes and kind of understand who they are. And then I don't want to know any more about them. Honestly, you want one more. You think we should
0: get one more?
2: (laughs) we should get
1: one more. We should
0: get one more.
2: (laughs) I'll I'll get one more. Speaking (laughs) of one more, I did find on Wikipedia. No, no. This is from, no, from Wikipedia. A sequel to Ocean's 13 had been discussed as a possibility up until the death of Bernie Mac. Uh, However, Oh, I forgot Bernie Mac. However, in June of 2021, Don Cheadle revealed that Steven Soderbergh had been working on the concept of a sequel film. And in July of the same year, Matt Damon also expressed interest in returning to the franchise while stating that the project is up to Soderbergh.
0: I could see them writing one without Bernie Mac. His is like one of the least characters in the
1: out of the 11. But yeah. I feel like there's not a character of them that I don't like. That's true. So no, I, I, I feel like I would miss him even for his small bits. Yeah, sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he adds to it. Well, you know what? There was uh, a time when Matt Damon didn't want to be in 12. He wanted he was... to be Bernie Mac? No, 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 no he didn't want, he originally didn't want to be in 12 where he wanted his character to be like greatly reduced. Cause he was coming off of Born supremacy and he was really tired. And they did play around with the idea of replacing him with Mark Wahlberg.
1: Oh. That would have been, that
2: would have been a, that would so have maybe been they'll dead. bring in Mark Wahlberg to, <laughs> to be Bernie br- Mac. Be maybe. <laughs> maybe. All but
0: right. If there's let's anybody get who
1: would do it, it's Mark
0: Wahlberg. Let's get into the facts here. Uh, as we've stated already, this was directed by Steven Soderbergh. It was written by David Levian and Brian Kopelman. Uh, released June 8th, 2007, has a runtime of 122 minutes. The other guys gave this a 70%. IMDb gave it a 6.9. It had a box office of $311 million with an $85 million budget, <laughs> so almost a 4X on that, and then it didn't win any awards and wasn't nominated for anything. All right,
2: Zach, so it's, you're it's kicking to, this off. It's time to finish the facts. I'm going to give this movie 8 Diamonds.
1: All right, Jake. Uh, I'm gonna give this like a seven. Uh, cats that we can't train that quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, I'm gonna give this eight Faberge eggs. And I'm gonna
0: give this seven point four oceans movies that we should still have. <laughs> I can't wait for the point fourth film. Yeah. <laughs>
1: You gotta drag that formula down, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it, it wasn't
0: populated. Uh, that comes out to a seventy-six percent, which puts it at movie number sixty-six out of one hundred and twenty. I'm happy with it. Yeah, that, that tracks for me.
1: That seems fair. Yeah. What would you guys have rated? 12th? Uh, maybe a six. Maybe a five point five.
2: I I would have given it a whole point less. I think I would have too. A 5.5 would have been a little bit of a bummer, but a 6, I would have been I surprised to have seen from you. Really didn't like it. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We're aware. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I think that despite the fact that I would probably rate Ocean's 11 like a 9 or higher, I would still call this a not very good film series. Wow. What? Really? Yeah. Just because it's twelve or even 13 I think twelve too. is bad. I think thirteen is just okay. But honestly, like if you would have said we can have oceans thirteen or not have oceans thirteen, I would have said
2: don't make it, please. Oh man! I think I'm I think I'm opposite to where it's like if yeah. I don't need it to be as good, but if it's like as close to as enjoyable, why not? It's not as close to as enjoyable for me. Yeah, even thirteen,
1: even thir- I I would have. I mean going off these metrics, which I don't know that it's fair. Like I would have rated oceans 11 more than a nine. So it's like Uh a full more than 20% less enjoyable Mm. for me. Okay. Fair. All
3: right. Well, next week, uh, we're coming to Utah. Yeah. We're coming to me. Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, and I just gotta tell you guys, it's nice to work with proper villains again. (laughs) 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 I'm glad
0: to be back. I love it. Uh, Jake, you want the, uh, the final word on the first episode of the fourth season of Rotten Potatoes.
1: Yeah, where can we get a cat to to what train for a Susan B. Anthony? What's
0: that again? <laughs> I don't. You Scott, were expecting me to play you out, but I didn't. Scott is not a proper villain. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You'd know if you were. I thought this guy was going to play me out. When-
2: Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.